Welcome to the Sleeperwire Great Debate Show. I'm your host, Sheehan. I'm feeling like Aaron Rodgers taking over from Alex Trebek here, stepping into Professor Chris's shoes for season 2021. But if you're worried about my credentials, well, just relax. I was debating captain in high school. My guest tonight is a man who normally introduces me on the Sleeperwire podcast. You can find him on Twitter at TopTierTactics underscore Nada. How you doing, brother? It feels a little bit weird being introduced and not being the one Doesn't introducing, it? but hey, I'm ready. It, it sort of, it feels like Boxing Day, the, you know, the servant, uh, the master serving the servants or something like that. It's, it's all topsy-turvy. I'm trying to figure out, am I the Anakin or the Obi-Wan in this situation? I think, you know, I think maybe we're both Qui-Gon and we'll go down in a, in a blaze of glory with this new format that is Darth Maul. As long as I get that dope background music going on, you know, I think I could be okay. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be fine. And like, how bad can this be really? You know, I, I, I always used to say, oh, what's the worst that could happen? Until it happens, and then you're like, okay, well, you know, maybe it could get worse. Yeah, well, if it, it can't really get any worse than some of the pods we've done. So uh, with that in mind, for those of you who aren't familiar with the format of the show, we each have two minutes to argue the case for a player. The other guy has 90 seconds worth of rebuttal. We finish up with some final thoughts on our players, and it's just that simple. Nada, you're arguing the case tonight for Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I am arguing the case for Antonio Gibson, running back for the Washington football team. They are currently RB14 and 16, respectively, on sleeper, going at the top of the third round. And with that, get us going, man. Tell us why we should have Clyde Edwards-Alaire on our fantasy rosters this year. Well, when you break it down, it's not the stats that people are disappointed with on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I mean, he had 800 rushing yards. And almost 300 receiving yards, 297 if we want to be exact. But we're all breaking down the touchdowns. And that was five. He had five touchdowns last year. And they brought in, you know, we had Le'Veon Bell, who also, he didn't really perform also. He, he was actually a huge disappointment if we really want to break it down. So I, I don't necessarily want to knock on Hilaire's talent or his situation for his lack of touchdown production. I think it might have to be uh, the way the offense was ran last year. But I am fully confident in Clyde Edwards Hilaire this year because if five is your floor with somebody like him, then you should be very confident being able to put CEH in your starting lineup because you know he had a bad year and he still ended up with 800 rushing yards. 300 receiving yards and 54 catches. If you're in a PPR league, you should be fully confident in CEH. The touchdowns will come naturally, naturally, I should say, and it is going to come for him because if you noticed in all the games, they gave him rushing work inside the red zone. Sometimes you're a little unlucky and you're not going to put a punch it in. But hey, I'm fully confident in him this year and him being able to rise up in those rushing touchdown numbers and if that's the case he should have almost a thousand rushing yards instead of five eight or nine with another 350 receiving yards and then if that's going to be the case he's going to be an rb1 and a third round steal well not for the first time you've uh haven't quite lasted two minutes but i assume that's all you have on uh on ceh there two minutes what i do have sex twice man give me a break relax <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, man. Well, now to hear why you're wrong. 
So you mentioned his red zone work last year and he couldn't quite get it done. You're right. He couldn't quite get it done. His red zone conversion rate was 11.4%. That is absolutely appalling. Strictly rushing the ball, he ran the ball 15 times inside the 10 for one touchdown. Like for comparison, Gibson was 7 of 17 inside the 10. That's horrible for Edwards Allaire. You know why? Because he's a small guy. He's 5'7", 207 pounds with a with a 460-40. He's not built to run between the tackles, and the Chiefs are a run between the tackles team. And how much work are we expecting from this year? The 2016 was the last time the Chiefs weren't bottom 10 in rushing attempts for the league. There's so much a pass-first offense, even playing from in front. First and five, second and two, fourth and one were the only down and distance the Chiefs ran more than they passed last year. Like, we can say all that we want about getting this guy out and running the ball. They're just not going to give him the ball to rush, and you can't predict targets. He was also, (laughs) he might have been an above average running back, 12 and a half inches better than average, according to net yards above average. That's not much. That's uh, about a third of a third of a yard. Lev Bell, who looked totally washed in the same offense, was almost twice as good as him in the same offense. That guy didn't look like he could run anything. Anyway, that's my time. I have a million points here, but uh, I'm the host. I can keep talking if I want. Huh. I mean, to be fair, yes. 12 inches. I just have to say 12 inches a lot, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew what I was writing that. I was like, he's going to have something. He's going to have something penis-related. Right. Well, that's that's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We can come back. I'm sure you have thoughts on him. I have thoughts on him as well. But this is the, this is the main event here, Antonio Gibson. So Antonio Gibson, running back for the Washington football team, finished the RB13 in 2020, both in terms of points scored and points per game. 1,042 yards from scrimmage and 11 touchdowns. Scored in eight of his 14 games, had double-digit carries in nine and at least four targets in six. Averaged 4.68 yards per carry, 87.1% of his runs ended with him gaining ground. And you can't tackle him. Only Mike Davis broke more tackles uh, and broke tackles more frequently than Davis did last year. If we're talking net yards over average, the Washington football team were half a yard better in both passing and rushing with Gibson on the field compared to other running backs on their team. Yes, he torched Dallas for three touchdowns at 115 yards on Thanksgiving. Yes, he also dropped 128 and a touchdown on Dallas earlier in the season. You can say all you like that he had his big games and did nothing else, but he did finish the season slowly. Absolutely. He battled with turf toe, but now he claims to be fit and ready to light it up. Now, these are all excellent numbers for running back. Let me remind you, this guy was a wide receiver in college. He had something like 44 rushing attempts his entire college career. The first time he had meaningful snaps as a running back was in the NFL, and that's what he gave you. He barely participated in the passing game last year because they had J.D. McKissick this year. We've seen reports out of training camp already that he's part of the two-minute offense. He's going to be more involved in this passing game because he's got the skill set. You know why I know he's going to get involved? Because Riverboat Ron, Scott Turner are the guys that made Christian McCaffrey happen as one of the league's best all-around backs, one of the league's best pass-catching backs. They have this weapon at their disposal. They want to win games. They're built for ground-and-pound football They've got Fitz Magic under center, Scary Terry and Curtis Samuel. You can't be selling out to stop the run here. You can't sell out to stop Gibson. And even if you do, they'll split him out wide. Give him targets. 
let him make a play. He's the clear number one there in Washington. Yes, we'll see some McKissick. Yes, we'll probably see some Jarrett Patterson. But this is spelling him, keeping his legs fresh, and I am just about out of time. Whew. That was a mouthful. I have to applaud you on that one. I know this two minutes goes quickly as well. That's not the first time I have heard that also. But hey, Antonio Gibson, 800 rushing yards, 795 if I want to be exact, on 170 attempts. It's not that bad. That's not a bad statistic. But when you look at the numbers a little bit more specifically, he rushed against Dallas twice. Of course, he plays Dallas twice a year. If you played him 16 times a year, yeah, I'd be all for Antonio Gibson, but he doesn't. Let's see. If you go against both the games against Dallas, he goes for 115 and three touchdowns. He's not going to do that all the time. You know what? He's not going to do that again. Maybe against Dallas, but not again against another team. And let's look at the second game against Dallas. Another (laughs) 128 yards and a touchdown. I mean... That's a realistic stat line when you go against Dallas. You you could expect that again. But let's look at every other team. Let's see. Against Philly, 75 yards. Carolina, 61. Pittsburgh, 14. Cincinnati, 94. Detroit, 45. New York Giants. He plays them twice a year. 20. New York Giants again, 30. The Rams, 27. Baltimore, 46. Cleveland, 49. Arizona, 55. Philadelphia. They play them twice a year also. 36. If you take out the games where he played against Dallas, he averages 45 rushing yards. He had 11 rushing touchdowns. If you take out the four against Dallas, he had seven rushing touchdowns, which is obviously mediocre. But you can't really take those away because, I mean, they happen. It's just unrealistic that he's going to score three touchdowns a game against Dallas uh, or, or any other team. This isn't necessarily his fault. He has a terrible offensive line, and the offensive line got worse. They lost the right tackle, and they drafted one, I think it was in the sixth round, to automatically assume that he's going to go in and just be phenomenal. Unrealistic. I expect a regression in that offensive line. That's your time, man. Oh, is it? It, That is. That absolutely flies by, doesn't it? Oh, it does. See? See, it does fly by. I told you. And I know how you feel about Antonio Gibson. I know you could probably fill a, a full episode with all your uh, your hate for oh, him. Oh, I'm not sure which one I hate more, Gibson or Rashad Bateman. <laughs> well, you'll be lucky next week. We are debating whether you hate uh, Bateman or Gibson more. No, I'm. Uh, there's there's some interesting points there. Do you have? Start off with uh, with any other thoughts you might have about Clyde Edwards-Alaire here, and then we'll talk about Gibson after that. Let's see. The, the same arguments for Clyde Edwards-Alaire not getting rushing attempts and targets being inconsistent is now going to be the same argument for Antonio Gibson because now he also has a pass-first quarterback in Fitzmagic. You know, last year they had a run-first quarterback. They had three run-first quarterbacks from Haskins, Allen to Alex Smith, and now they got a pass-first quarterback who doesn't necessarily check down. And now, in, uh, Antonio Gibson, he had, what was it, uh, 36, I believe, targets, and, uh, uh, sorry. For, 44 targets, 36 receptions. Yeah, so, sorry, yeah, there we go, 36 receptions. And this is with a, a, a check down Charlie and Alex Smith. Now he doesn't have a check down Charlie anymore. Uh, you know, if the same argument for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being targets are inconsistent, that officially applies to Antonio Gibson. No, I think that's fair enough. Um, in terms of check down Charlie, J.D. McKissick was their check down guy last year. 
if Gibson was out there, they were mostly running the ball. I think this is where the room for growth is in those targets and get him involved in the passing game, take some of that work off McKissick. Um, I think Gibson's just going to establish himself more. Um, I knew you were going to talk about take out Gibson's games against Dallas and he'd average 45 yards. If you take out Clyde Edwards-Alaire's games against Houston and the Bills, his two big rushing games as well, he averaged 45.8 yards per game as well. So uh, these these guys are very similar. I Personally, I would prefer Gibson. I think there's more of an established workload or a heavier workload available to him. And he finishes his last six games of the year Oh, sorry, he plays the NFC East six times, obviously. We've talked about them as poor rushing defenses. He finishes the season Dallas-Philly, Dallas-Philly, and the Giants. Now, you can't tell me that the NFL schedule makers were not having a day off when they finished the Washington football team's schedule for the season, but that is a golden playoff run as far as I'm concerned. I know it's a long way to be looking out um, to see who's going to be good in the playoffs, who isn't. We don't know what defense is going to look like, but to me, that's a pretty... A pretty enticing schedule. Let's see, you said it was Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly. Yeah, Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly Giants. Let's see, the Giants. He scored. He re- he rushed in both those games a total of fifty yards against the Giants. Both games together combined, I should say, uh, against Philly combined a hundred yards rushing. Uh, I don't know. You know, if if they got better, then it might be tougher. If they got worse, then uh, you know maybe he has a chance. I mean, all we can ask for is opportunity. Exactly. And I think this is, I think this is what we're going to see. I'm not sure that opportunity is there for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. If I was on the clock at this pick, I think I'm going for Gibson, but I'm not too unhappy if I have Edwards-Alaire on my roster. Uh, my pick here, if I had to make it top of the third round, would be DeAndre Swift. Uh, I think he's far and away better than the two of these with, with a much higher ceiling. We're not debating him tonight. That's just the way I see it. That is fair enough. I'm going to have to agree with you. I like DeAndre Swift a lot. I don't like Antonio Gibson by any means. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is kind of the intermediate of hot and cold. He's just lukewarm, and then I would have to swap him in that pick spot. Fair enough, man. Hey, thanks for joining me on the great debate. Tell people where they can find you. Of course, as you just mentioned earlier, you can find me on Twitter at Top Tier Tactics, where you'll either find me posting a meme, trolling somebody, or somewhere in between. Yeah, trolling someone, definitely, but... um no, thanks for joining us. And thank you, listeners. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Sleepaway Show. Chuck us a few dollars on Patreon if you're so inclined. All the money goes to charity. So get in there and support us. And follow me on Twitter at Sheehan Solo. And I'll be back soon with another edition of The Great Debate. We'll see you next time.